It's time for overtime. Who's ready to cha-cha? In the world of sports, it's all about the playmakers in today's headlines. From locals to the pros. With interviews from local standouts and sports all-stars across the country that will have you talking. There's zeros on the clock. It's over. It's over. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. Hear from coaches to players, sports analysts, and broadcasters who are a part of the action every day. Overtime. Now with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3. 3 AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. Right back with you. It's a late start to hour number two. Headlines and highlights in store here in due time. Still to come today, Arif Hassan of WideLeft.Football will join us to talk the NFL Combine, the wake of the 2023 NFL season, and what is ahead for Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings and the veteran running back market, among many other topics still to come with Arif Hassan. We'll be talking NBA in the middle of the hour, and we'll round out the show today talking with NSIC Commissioner Aaron Lind, ahead of the NSIC tournament officially underway on Wednesday. And then we get in for a treat this weekend with the NSIC tournament. The remaining eight teams will face off at the Sanford Pentagon. I still got tickets available, and we'll do a giveaway later in the show today and throughout the remainder of the week, which includes, of course, tomorrow's uh, Identity Crisis, always brought to you by the original Pancake House. You win big, you can win the OPH gift card, and your choice of a pair of tickets to the NSIC tournament coming up this weekend. That's what's ahead on the show. And the rearview mirror from last night, first things first with the NHL, Washington took care of Ottawa 6-3. Islanders win over Dallas on the road, that final 3-2. And Seattle in overtime gets the better of the visiting Bruins, just the 12th loss of the season, 14th overtime loss of the season for the Boston Bruins. A 29 save performance here tonight. He needs another one in the shootout. Pasternak for the Bruins. Two goals in this one. Pasternak, right-handed shot over the line. Right circle, walks in, shoots. Big save by Philip Grubauer. And the Kraken win in a shootout. 4-3 the final. Kraken 25-22 and 11. Boston falls to 34-12 and 14. Tonight in the NHL, Capitals and Red Wings at 6 o'clock. Hurricanes at Wild at 7. Jets are home to the Blues also at 7 o'clock. Stars at Avalanche 8.30. Penguins at the Canucks 9 o'clock. And all five of those aforementioned games you can stream on ESPN+. Top records in the Western Conference right now belong to Vancouver and Dallas, both leading their respective divisions. Vancouver three points better than the stars for the top spot in the Western Conference at present. They're followed by Winnipeg, Colorado, Vegas, and Edmonton. Other teams hanging around. Edmonton has uh, a total of 70 points. The Kings have 68. Predators with 66. And the Minnesota Wild hanging around with 62 points as of today. College hockey coming up this weekend, Friday at 7, Saturday at 6. Augustana is home at Midco Arena here in Sioux Falls, playing host to Alaska Fairbanks. Again, Friday at 7, Saturday at 6. More info, including tickets, goaugie.com slash hockey tickets. NBA Finals, Toronto over Indiana, 130-122. to 122. The Knicks barely get by Detroit via a interesting call, to say the least. Jalen Brunson, 35 points in a 113-111 win for the Knicks over the Pistons. New York moves to 35-23. and 23. Other finals, Brooklyn dominates Memphis on the road, 111-86. to 86. And Miami wins in Sacramento over the Kings, 121-110. to 110. Tonight in the NBA, 76ers at the Celtics lead us off 
at 6.30 on TNT. 7 o'clock jump times for the Spurs at the T-Wolves. Pistons at Bulls and Hornets visiting the Milwaukee Bucks. 9 o'clock on TNT. You can watch the Rockets at the Thunder. And 9 o'clock as well. Heat visit the Portland Trailblazers. Men's basketball finals from last night. Baylor wins in Fort Worth over rival TCU. That final score, uh, 50, excuse me, 62 to 54. And North Carolina hangs on to a win last night. Uh, final score there, 75-71 over visiting Miami. Tonight in men's basketball, Cincinnati faces off with top-rated Houston on the road, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Wisconsin at Indiana, 6 o'clock start time on Peacock. And last most certainly not least, Iowa is home to Penn State. That is a uh, 8 o'clock start time on the Big Ten Network. Now let's get into the court storming debate. John Shire, we talked about his comments at the end of hour number one. Here's some audio from his comments saying there's been enough incidents recently to warrant a change in policy as far as court storming goes in college basketball. There's enough things that have happened with Flip. I mentioned Caitlin Clark. I know something happened, I think, with a Memphis player can go down the line. Like there, there's enough proof here where security has to be there. This has to be prevented in the future. That's Duke head coach John Shire. When it comes to women's basketball, 13th-rated Colorado lost to UCLA on the road last night, 53-45. 8th-rated Bruins are 22-5, 11-5 in conference play. Tonight in women's basketball, 23rd-ranked Creighton is home to Xavier at 6 o'clock. 14th-ranked Indiana at Northwestern, also a 6 o'clock go time. You can watch that one on the Big Ten Network. NFL news is abound today. We got a lot of GMs speaking right now, earlier this morning. First things first, from an Arizona Cardinals perspective, they committed yesterday via social media. So, you know, that means just about nothing. But they put out a social media post saying Kyler is our guy, quarterback one, whatever you want to call it. A lot of people aren't buying it, including Evan Cohen this morning on Unsportsmanlike. I just don't buy it with Kyler Murray. I don't buy he's a franchise quarterback. He is not somebody that I would want personally as my franchise quarterback. I'm sorry. The whole study hall clause thing is hard to get out of my mind. It's not like an off-the-field issue like Watson had, obviously, which is way more important. But from an on-field issue perspective, if you're telling me, you're publicly saying we have to require our quarterback to study the plays in the playbook, that is scary and that's tough to get out of my mind. And they did that to him and he did that to him. Evan Cohen this morning on Sportsmanlike with that audio. Now's for some trailblazing audio. I love this stuff, by the way, when GMs use their platform and talk about what they're dreaming up for the future of the National Football League. Mary Kay Cabot, who covers the Cleveland Browns uh, for ESPN on Twitter, talking about Andrew Barry. Here is the Browns general manager on some innovative thoughts in regards to the NFL trade deadline. Here. Number three, we wanted to retroactively correct the fact that the trade deadline never moved when uh, the season expanded to 17 games. And then really number four, if at some point in the future the regular season expands to 18 games, we wanted to be proactive in terms of the positioning for the trade deadline. One of the things that we found, Tony, or I'll, I'll touch on two parts. You're probably getting more than you bargained for here, but I'll touch on two parts here. Um, if you look at us compared to the other major sports leagues, um, if you, if you look at their seasons by, like, calendar days or games played, baseball and basketball, they have the trade deadline at when 65% of the games are played. Hockey's at 78%. Currently, we're at 45%. Our proposal would move it to about 55% of the games played. 
Mary Kay Cabot there, courtesy of the audio and a correction, not with ESPN, but Cleveland.com, covering the Cleveland Browns. That is Browns general manager Andrew Barry, and that was just point after point after point. He was on a roll, and I appreciate that. As far as changes go, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of people that would be against moving the trade deadline, and I, for one, did not know that they didn't move the trade deadline following the expansion of the regular season to include another week. That makes no sense. And what a great point that is that the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, they're more than 60% of the way through their season. And for hockey, they're more than 70% of the way through their season when their trade deadline takes place. For the National Football League, one thing that has changed in the last 10 years, 15 years, 20 years is don't count these teams out that have slow starts, whether they're one and four, two and five, three and six. We've seen all sorts of crazy runs to the postseason. And just because you're not in contention doesn't mean you don't want to be active down the stretch in the trade deadline, whether it be acquiring future players, whether it be selling late into the season. I think that they should move the NFL trade deadline back. It would be more active. It would be more fun and fairer to the teams that didn't get any sort of reprieve at all when they added an extra week to the regular season. Didn't make sense not to move it then. They should explore moving it maybe a week, maybe two, maybe three weeks down the line to encourage more activity and give teams more opportunity to move and shuffle around quite a bit if they feel they're in contention, if they feel they're out of contention. Moving the NFL trade deadline can't really hurt anybody and will benefit a lot of teams and individuals. Now into your Reliant Bank headlines of the day. South Dakota State senior Tori Kanishi was recognized Monday as the Ticket Smarter Summit League peak softball pitcher of the week. And South Dakota State's Paige Meyer collected her third Ticket Smarter Summit League peak performer of the week for women's basketball as of yesterday. Meyer averaged 20 points per game over the last week. And Kanishi earned two victories in the circle to help lead SDSU at the Michelle Short Memorial Classic in Conway, Arkansas. Congratulations to those two honorees. And one other one, a little closer to home, Augustana's Isaac Fink was named the NSIC Player of the Week for the second time this season. The grad student and Springfield, Minnesota native went off for a pair of 30-point games in the past week as Augustana finishes out the regular season 2-0. and Up next, Augie plays host to Wayne State, kicking off postseason play tomorrow night in the first round of the NSIC tournament. Tip-off inside the Elman Center is set for 6 o'clock. Tickets for that game can be purchased at GoAugie.com slash tickets. Let's finish up your Reliabank headlines of the day with this. A move yesterday for the Minnesota Twins in the afternoon. The L.A. Dodgers on Monday traded outfielder Manuel Margot to the Minnesota Twins and agreed to terms with a utility man, Kiki Hernandez, on a one-year $4 million contract. After shopping the 29-year-old Margot to the Twins, the Dodgers uh, got the deal done and sent shortstop prospect Rain Duncan for shortstop prospect Noah Miller in exchange. And in addition to that, leading up to another win for the Minnesota Twins. The Dodgers will also send cash considerations in the amount of the $10 million this year, as well as a $2 million buyout on a $12 million club option, according to ESPN. Minnesota Twins got out to a tremendously slow start to the offseason as far as re-signing, reaching deals, acquiring players via trade or free agency. But the last few months, last uh, six weeks or so, Minnesota been pretty darn active. Not the most active, but definitely not the least over the last six weeks or so of Major League Baseball's offseason. Coming up next, we'll shift gears, talk about football a little bit more. Arif Hassan, longtime guest of the show, will join us. WideLeft.Football, the place to find him. He joins us next on this Tuesday edition of Overtime.
ESPN Sioux Falls gets you back to more of overtime with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. Right back with you. It is the Tuesday edition of Overtime. Appreciate you tuning us in as always. ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO. It's time to talk NFL, talk Minnesota Vikings and the offseason, which is in uh, full go-ahead today from the NFL Combine. Joining us now on the ESPN Hotline, Arif Hassan, who covers the sport of the NFL, Wide Left Dot Football, the place to find him. Arif, welcome back to the show. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. And first things first, I got to pick your brain about uh, what you've been writing about this morning on Twitter a little bit. Kwesi Adafa-Mensa, one of many general managers out there talking today from the NFL Combine. What is uh, the overall message? It appears like he addressed the Justin Jefferson trade rumors and the Justin Jefferson contract negotiations. What did he have to say today? Yeah, I mean, he mostly mentioned that they he thought he was really close on getting an extension done with Justin Jefferson, that they want to keep him in the building, um, that, you know, he said something along the lines of, hey, he's one of the best non-quarterbacks in football. We're going to pay him like he is, and we're going to we're gonna make sure that we get players of his quality, you know, into the building as often as possible. I don't think that there's any thought in his mind of, of losing Jefferson. I think that that's going to be something that the Vikings are going to work pretty diligently on. So I, I have a lot of confidence that they'll find a way to get uh, Justin Jefferson extended. As they should, Justin Jefferson, not a free agent this offseason, but definitely in that territory where he needs an extension because if they wait till next offseason, definitely an opportunity of potentially losing Justin Jefferson to free agency. If they can't work on something, work it out. Arif Hassan is our guest right now. Arif, uh, broad scopes NFL right now, free agency not yet open, but we've seen a couple marquee releases over the last day or last week across the NFL what are a few broader strokes, free agency uh, stories that you're following? And, of course, Kirk Cousins can be one of those if you want it to be. Yeah, of course he can. Yeah, um, I think that the one that hit me this morning was the, the Shaq Barrett release. You know, it makes sense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where they are as an organization, what their cap situation is. But Barrett is still a pretty good player. And obviously, as a, a person who lives in Minnesota and covers a team that does need Ed Rushers, that one caught my eye. I'm kind of curious about it. But there are a lot of interesting players like Barrett kind of hitting the market. And I kind of want to see how that goes. I think on top of that, the fact that there's a really strong running back market this year, I want to see, you know, this tendency we have to talk about running backs losing value in the open market, second contract running backs not doing well. Contrast that with, you know, how well Christian McCaffrey did and how important he was to their team. Seeing what players like Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley do, maybe Tony Pollard in free agency and seeing kind of what markets they command, that to me is just going to be a very interesting storyline. So there's a couple of those kind of floating around. Obviously, the Russell Wilson, Sean Payton dynamic has been you know, popping off the last couple of days. Sean Payton spoke today. It seems like I don't know that their relationship is going to continue to be strong. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of kind of interesting storylines that are really picking up steam right now. Uh, we'll talk about Kirk Cousins here in just a moment, but I want to rewind a little bit and talk about those running backs. You bring up an interesting name in Josh Jacobs. He is uh, kind of the younger guy of this crop of soon-to-be free agents. Is he the guy that you would want your team to sign, assuming that they could sign only one? Yeah, I, I think so, actually. Like, I like Tony Pollard a lot, but he's definitely a guy that you kind of want to keep in a committee. He's very effective there. Barkley has been pretty banged up over the years. Like you said, he's a little bit older than Josh Jacobs. And Jacobs, to his credit, didn't have a ton of run at Alabama when he was in college just because they have so many talented backs there. So, you know, I think that there's 
more of an opportunity to get value out of a second contract out of a player like that. Plus, obviously, when you watch him play, he's a very exciting, he's a very fun player. Um, so, you know, if you got a top of the market running back, I think that that's somebody that I would probably target a little bit more heavily than someone like a Pollard or a Barkley. But I think, you know, all three of them have, uh, you know, a lot to, to say for themselves in terms of why they would represent value for a team. Arif Hassan is our guest. You can find him online on Twitter at Arif Hassan NFL or WideLeft.Football, the place to view the great work on the National Football League. Arif, when it comes to Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson, if they're not back with their teams, what team makes the most sense for those two? That one is a really fascinating question, I think. Um, I think that, you know, Kirk Cousins has been linked to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, because Arthur Smith and, you know, the system that, that Smith runs and how well it works with, with Cousins' uh, capabilities and strengths. Uh, he's also been linked to Atlanta just because they need a quarterback. And I think that both of those uh, make a lot of sense. I think Russell Wilson going to uh, Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense too. And I think that, you know, for R- Russell, I think that having a head coach kind of relationship match kind of who he is as a person would mean a lot to so somebody like Mike Tomlin, who is a wonderful coach, I think would do a lot to, to manage a relationship with Russell Wilson pretty well. So I really like the idea of that kind of fit. Um, as for cousins, I think, you know, trying to find a system that works really well for him. So something like obviously again, the Steelers or, you know, the Falcons, I think both of those um, would be, would be pretty remarkable. People have also been talking a little bit about Tennessee and the system they run works pretty well for what cousins does too. Um, and I, I think that all of those teams could represent some pretty significant opportunities for players like that, that really thrive off of play action. Arif, I wanted to pick your brain because I ask every Vikings-related personality on the show what they think they uh, will come with Kirk Cousins, what they think should happen. Where do you stand on this whole thing right now? I feel like, generally speaking, Vikings fans, Vikings uh, reporters and the like are kind of, uh, kind of not rooting for but predicting that Cousins will not be back. Do you feel that way? Um, I'm I'm a little bit less of that of that kind. Although after kind of seeing the last couple of days worth of news, I, I think that it's fair to say that there's a good reason to think that he'll leave. I just think that given how strong the Vikings' messaging has been about how much they want Cousins back is, given how strong the messaging is, I, I think that they're going to make a pretty concerted push to make sure that he's in the building. And I think that more likely than not, they'll succeed. So I I'm a little bit more you know, leaning towards the Vikings being able to work something out with Cousins, even if it's just a short-term deal, than I think a lot of other people are, uh, just because of, of that messaging. But it wouldn't shock me, kind of, no matter what happens, unless it's a long-term deal. That's the only thing that would really surprise me. But, yeah, I, I think we're at a point where basically anything can happen, and it really depends on what Cousins' agencies for what Cousins' this market might be, which, as uh, many people might not know, most of those conversations happen here, right now at the Combine, before officially they're even allowed to happen. And I think getting a sense for what his market might actually be might settle him down and might make it a little bit easier for him to take a deal that the Vikings are offering. We're less than two months away from the NFL draft out in Detroit. And Arif, i got to get your opinion on the quarterback situation. I think if Kirk Cousins is back or if he's gone, I think the Vikings still view quarterback as a potential first-round target. When it comes to what you've seen, what you've read, and what you've heard over the last month or two, or maybe dating back to college football season, who is your favorite quarterback based on the potential fit with Minnesota right now? I know that Vikings Twitter right now has a big crush on uh, McCarthy from Michigan. Is it Jaden Daniels? Is it Drake May? What is your pick right now if you had to choose for Minnesota? I think I would take Caleb Williams and Drake May off the board. If <laughs> yep. either of them fell, I would say, yeah, 100%, they'd be my favorite. But uh, outside of those two, to me, Jaden Daniels is the guy that I'd really like. Uh, 
there's a lot of people I trust who, whose opinion I value a lot that really like J.J. McCarthy, so I don't want to come too strong on, on me not seeing it with him, but I, I don't love what I've seen from him, especially when it comes to you know his performance in Big Ten games, how much the coaches trust him in big moments, what he's been asked to do, how he executes what, he, what he's asked to do. He's a very young quarterback, which is a huge advantage that he has over the second tier of players, so I do want to say that there's a, a huge ceiling with him. I don't want to knock that, but for me, Jaden Daniels is um, uh, not a complete package. Otherwise, he'd be a top overall pick, but he's a, a fairly complete package in terms of the things that he can do. You know, his accuracy, his arm strength, his ability to process things on the field. Of course, his athleticism plays a big part. Um, to me, that's the guy that if the Vikings got him, I'd be pretty happy. Arif Hassan is our guest. Lastly, Arif, before we let you go, always appreciate the coverage. You can find his work at wideleft.football or on Twitter at Arif Hassan NFL. A lot of fans of the NFC North, a lot of fans across the NFL would probably put the order of the division from the most promising team to the least promising team right now, and certainly a lot could change. They'd probably have Detroit followed by Green Bay, followed by Minnesota, followed by Chicago. Do you have any problem with those rankings right now? And where's the highest you put Minnesota in the division? Uh, I think those rankings make a lot of sense. Um, I I understand that. For me personally, just because I'm still – I know that we saw a lot out of Jordan Love at the end of the season and into the postseason. There were some really phenomenal throws. Don't want to take that away from him. I'm still skeptical of of uh, you know the complete package of what Jordan Love has to offer, how sustainable you know his best play is, and all of that. And because of that, and it, again, it depends on whether or not the Vikings sign Kirk Cousins or what have you, right? But assuming they get done everything they want to get done. I would probably put Minnesota at a tentative two and Green Bay at three, although I recognize that it's pretty close and that a lot of things can change. I do think it's possible that the Lions are playing the kind of football that, while in pretty enjoyable to watch, might not be sustainable in the long run, given how much it focuses on a heavy running game. It is possible that the Lions fall out of that top spot, but I'm not going to do that right now until yep. we see some evidence that that's not going to happen. So that's my order for now. There's a long offseason ahead, free agency, the NFL draft. We got the combine this week, a lot to look forward to, a lot of puzzles to piece together and everything in between. You can always check out Arif Hassan's work at wideleft.football or at Arif Hassan NFL on Twitter. Arif, my friend, thanks so much for the time as always. We'll do it again here soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, that's Arif Hassan. Again, wideleft.football, at Arif Hassan NFL on Twitter. That's a great wide-ranging update when it comes to the running back market, to the quarterback market, quarterback draft uh, crushes as well. He's on the Jaden Daniels train. I know a lot of people realistically think that Daniels is a shoe-in to be the third quarterback taken. A lot of Minnesota Vikings fans, at least those that I've engaged with on Twitter, big fans right now of J.J. McCarthy of Michigan and the ability that they have maybe to draft him without having to move up from their spot in the first round of April's NFL draft. That's Arif Hassan in the rear view. Moving forward, floating, uh, we'll talk about the NBA latest and much, much more, including why the Lakers are so darn frustrated and what they need to get things back in order and an update on the injury status of Chris Paul for tonight's ball game. We'll talk about that and much, much more coming up next on Overtime. Get ESPN with Line. Grab your phone or call us up on your smart device. Now let's get you back to overtime with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO. Quick 
segment here as we got to get out of the way and get back with NSIC Commissioner Aaron Lind here in just a moment. NBA News, Golden State Warriors guard Chris Paul is slated to return to game action tonight when the Warriors face the Wizards in Washington. Paul has not played since January the 5th after fracturing his left hand. He had surgery to repair the fracture and the 19-year veteran suffered the injury back in January against the Pistons. He will be back officially tonight when they face off with the Washington Wizards on the road. Lastly here, before we let you go, just quick update on the NBA odds right now for the finals. It's Boston in a runaway at plus 255, followed by a slew of teams from the West. The Clippers, Nuggets, Bucks, Suns, Thunder, and Minnesota Timberwolves at plus 2,000. All those teams with better odds than the second highest favored team from the East to make it to the NBA finals and win the thing. That's the 76ers still hanging around at plus 2,200. And the New York New York Knicks with the same odds there. Lakers have the 10th best odds at plus 2,800. All those odds courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook right now on their site. We take the break, talk NSIC tournament and more coming up next with NSIC Commissioner Aaron Lind on this Tuesday edition of Overtime. Overtime is in the middle of your workday. Unwrap your sandwich and get caught up with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. Right back with you on this Tuesday edition of Overtime. It's time to talk Northern Sun Conference Tournament for men's and women's basketball. Everything gets going tomorrow with those play-in games that are held on the campus of the Higher Seed, we'll go to the ESPN hotline now to welcome in NSIC Commissioner Aaron Lind, who's joined us a couple times before. Commissioner, always a blast to have you. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Bert. I'm excited to talk about some NSIC hoops coming to Sioux Falls here in a couple days. Yeah, we're very excited about it. I know you got some uh, games coming up as soon as tomorrow for both uh, USF and Augustana on the campus here in Sioux Falls. We'll see the return to the Sanford Pentagon for the Men's and Women's Conference Tournament later on this weekend into the weekend. I'm very excited to have you as always. Uh, as far as this time of the year, got to be pretty exciting for you and all the folks in that office, right? It is. It's a fun time of year. It's uh, certainly a busy time of year. Um, you know, we're we're going to enter this basketball championship week, but we're coming off a great weekend of um, conference championships for men's and women's indoor track and field. Prior to that, um, women's swimming and diving, crowning a regular season wrestling champion. So um, needless to say, it has been a busy stretch of four weeks, but an exciting stretch of four weeks. I mean, when we entered the last weekend of regular season basketball, there was a Still a lot to play for up until our games on Saturday. Folks were jockeying around for position. Folks were jockeying around for maybe getting buys in the first round, um, even our spots in, in the bottom half of the bracket. So it's been a fun uh, winter, and certainly we look forward to um, tomorrow night's competition with first-round games on campus and then arriving at the Pentagon um, actually on Friday for practice and games start on Saturday. Can't wait for it. And as well, wanted to get an update from you in regards to anything that may have changed in the last uh, year uh, from last year's tournament operationally, things that fans might need to know, uh, and things that might be uh, foundationally changed there as far as the Pentagon goes and how this thing is put on. Is there any changes of note this year as we gear it up for this weekend? 
Uh, well, you ask of changes. I forget a lot as I get older, but <laughs> what we do know is we're going 12 teams on the men's side, 12 yep. teams on the women's side. The top four um, get a bye, so they'll get to be a first round, or quarterfinal contest in the Pentagon. And then 8 through 12, uh, we'll play each other on campus tomorrow. Once we get to Sioux Falls, um, we're really excited about the fact that our teams that participate on Saturday We'll be um, engaging in the community of Sioux Falls in the elementary schools on Friday. Um, we haven't been able to do that with COVID. Um, we, we did it virtually last year with a, a different kind of activity. Um, but we're actually going back into the schools, which is awesome. Um, it's a big part of, of what we do and a, division, a big part of what Division Two is about is engaging with the community. So that's significant. And then certainly throughout the day, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, we have basketball games, but we have a lot of different events that are happening around those things. On Saturday morning, um, we have a youth clinic. Uh, we're expecting 100 youth to come in and participate in the youth clinic on the outside courts of the Pentagon. And then we're going to welcome in into the Pentagon for competition that day. And then have some other events that will happen along the way on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So um, from an operational standpoint, uh, certainly a lot of things happening around the basketball games. We hope that folks in in and around the Sioux Falls area, if they're a basketball fan, um, come check it out. We, our coaches are so good at their craft. Our student athletes are are so committed. It is some high-level basketball. Been a fun season across the board. We'll start on the women's side. And for more information, including those aforementioned brackets, northernsun.org is the place to go. I'm staring at the women's bracket right now. And Mankato, been the team to beat all season long on the women's side. They're the top seed. You got Northern State as the four seed, CSP three, and you, Mary, as the two seed. What has stood out to you about the women's season thus far, uh, Commissioner? Women's basketball is competitive, um, and do they get up and down? Um, as a former women's basketball player a long time ago, uh, these young women can fly up and down the court and they can defend. Um, it's been a really competitive season, um, and you know I think these first-round games, uh, I don't think the seed really matters. It's going to be whoever can show up and um, kind of give it all and, and play uh, with the highest level um, tomorrow, we'll advance to the Pentagon. Certainly, you mentioned Mankato. Um, those are that they're our regular season champion. Um, they had that wrapped up prior to our last week of play. Um, they're a really good basketball team. They defend well. Um, they get up and down. They're fun to watch. So I look forward to watching our women's basketball team compete. And on the men's side, it really does appear like it's anybody's tournament this year. The men's side been pretty darn wild. Between Mankato and Moorhead, they both spent time as the top-ranked team in D2 collegiate basketball uh, for men's hoops. And then you've also got Minot up there in Duluth. But uh, our hometown teams here, Augustana, USF, uh, their fans are excited ahead of this weekend because it really does feel like any team can go out and, and raise this uh, this banner and be there on the podium at the end of it all. Uh, the men's side should provide plenty of intrigue as well, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very similar comments on the men's side. Just really competitive top to bottom. And certainly um, your your teams within your community of Sioux Falls, again, a, an eight seed and a seven seed, but nonetheless, um, really competitive teams that have done a good job this year. And um, Mankato as our, our regular season champs, um, they, they were able to secure that on their own through this last weekend of play. But I think any, um, any team that can really string uh, – their games together here over this next week. Uh, we'll have the opportunity to be the champion.
Can't wait for it again. The NSIC tournament officially gets underway on a Wednesday, and we'll see action on Saturday from the Sanford Pentagon. I got some tickets to give away here shortly on the show. That number always to dial 605-362-3776. We're talking with Commissioner of the NSIC, Aaron Lind. Lastly, before we cut you loose, always appreciate the time. Uh, just a broader strokes update on everything within the conference. What's ahead? What are some big dates coming up? And, and what are some uh, challenges and opportunities ahead for the Northern Sun? Yeah, well, certainly we're going to um, finish our academic year strong as we get into spring sports. Those are happening already, um, and we look forward to putting on those championships in April and May. Um, we'll be in Sioux Falls for our softball championship. That'll happen in early May. Hopefully folks can come out to see that. Um, and then we're always, you know, collegiate um, athletics is changing constantly, and uh, you can read about name, image, likeness. Um, any given day, you can read about um, student-athletes as employees any given day. Um, so it's really important as a league that we stay on top of um, all the moving parts on the business end of intercollegiate athletics. Um, we're very fortunate that we have a group of board members, our presidents and chancellors, who are leaders in the space, and our athletic administrators are leaders in the space. Um, so we look forward to the opportunities and the challenges that still exist ahead of us in collegiate sport as we know the platform that we're providing for the young men and women in this league um, really provides them the opportunity to be leaders in the future, whether it's in their families or whether it's in their careers. Um, it's providing them platforms to really grow and learn. And then certainly as a league, we're constantly talking about membership. Um, and the University of Jamestown um, made application to our league, and our board extended that invitation for application. And uh, they have submitted their Division Two application will be considered by the Division Two membership committee in July of 2024, so this July. So we'll be anxious to hear the news there if they get into provisional year one. Um, that will certainly be a, a beneficial step for our league. But um, there's always something, and uh, again, we're fortunate because we work with really good coaches and administrators that continue to push our league forward. Very exciting time of year. Very exciting things ahead for the Northern Sun. That's Commissioner Aaron Lynn. Commissioner, hope to bump in with you uh, out at the Pentagon here over the weekend. All the best to you and that whole office that keeps this uh, conference moving week in, week out, year in and year out. Thanks so much for the time. Thank you. We appreciate the coverage. If you're in the Pentagon, come see me. All right, that's NSI Commissioner Aaron Lind, our guest. Can't wait for the Summit League tournament, or excuse me, the NSIC tournament coming up. Summit League as well, but the NSIC tournament right in front of us beginning tomorrow night, and then Sanford Pentagon with coverage beginning on Saturday. For USF and for Augustana fans out there, we'll start with the women. Sioux Falls will be in Duluth for that play-in round. That's going to be tomorrow at 6 o'clock, and for Augustana, they've got to travel to Marshall, Minnesota. That's a 7.30 start time tomorrow night. That's the 12-5 seed matchup on that side. And for the men, both Augustana and USF will both play in the play-in round as well, but they will have home contest as USF has earned a home date with Bemidji State. That is 6 o'clock tomorrow. And Augustana plays host to Wayne State, also a 6 o'clock jump time from the Elman Center coming up tomorrow. That rounds out our show. Special thanks to Commissioner Aaron Lynn for joining us. If you would like to go to the Sanford Pentagon this weekend and witness some of the this NSIC tournament that's ahead of us. The number to dial right now, 605-362-3776. I got a few tickets to give away. First come, first serve. I'll take up to three callers here. We'll talk about what's available, get you hooked up with some tickets to the NSIC tournament here at the Sanford Pentagon this weekend. We'll say so long with that. Dial me up right now, 605-362-3776. That number, 605 605-
205-362-3776. If you want to head out to the NSIC tournament, I can get you in the door with some free tickets right now. 605-362-3776. We'll talk to you tomorrow with more of Overtime 11 to 1. Talk to you on the phone lines here shortly, but we'll talk to you tomorrow 11 to 1 with more Overtime right here on ESPN Sioux Falls.